1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision.
2: Critique. Uh, We'll invite you to join into our conversation very shortly. We're going to be turning our attention today to the idea that being a follower of Christ, building the kingdom of God, takes more than just a casual approach to your faith and to church life. Our special guest today was a pastor's kid with a poverty mentality. He was a high school dropout who became a tradie before an encounter with God changed his direction. Now he encourages people all over the world to be all in as a follower of Christ, including the way our money is used for a kingdom purpose. Andrew Denton has circled the globe sharing a simple message inspiring pastors and their congregations to live life on a different level and finance the kingdom. He says, living a life of generosity is not reserved only for rich people. People who are all in give God permission to use them as a conduit of his blessing and provision. Andrew Denton has written a book. It's called Kingdom Builders, How to Live an All-In Life that turns vision into reality. Andrew Denton is a member of the Hillsong Church Global Eldership. You may be aware that Hillsong these days is in 30 countries around the world. Andrew Denton, might I say a special welcome along to 2020. Hi, good morning, Neil. It's great to talk to you. Andrew, just to clarify at the start of our conversation, you're not the enough rope, Andrew Denton, uh, who most of us would recognise perhaps as a (laughs) proponent of euthanasia and uh, against some of the values that we have as Christians. You get confused from time to time when people are introduced to you?
3: Oh, yeah, only for about the last 40 years. So I'm okay okay with that. Uh, We are a similar age but we couldn't be more different people.
2: Very different people. And so for listeners, uh, this is a different Andrew Denton to the one that may come to mind. Andrew, let me start with the idea here that we're going to talk about money today, but you are not a pastor. That's one of the things you do clarify whenever you speak.
3: Yeah, I do. I think that that's one of the most important things that I have to say when I stand up at a church anywhere, that that I'm not a pastor that I'm one of I'm one of them um, i'm just'm a, I'm, I'm a businessman and um, but the difference is that I know who I am and I know my purpose and um, I, I believe my purpose in life is to finance the kingdom and I know that uh, I'm a kingdom builder by by default of that so um, yeah I love pastors but I definitely don't want to be one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and taking your history into account here, which is so important, you've been with the Hillsong Church since earlier days, around 30 odd years, and yeah, you, can re- you can recount the days when Hillsong was, in some sense, just like any other church, uh, you know, battling to get along, didn't have their own building, and, uh, and you were a part of those things right from those early days.
3: Yes, a lot of people don't realise that. It's only 25 years ago that Hillsong Church was one campus in the northwest suburbs of Sydney, Balcombe Hills, and we didn't own a building. And um, most people sort of find that a bit hard to believe sometimes, but, you know, that's exactly where Hillsong was, where a lot of churches still are today. And, um, really what has t- changed uh, Hillsong Church from being that one campus of North West Southern Sydney now to, as you stated in the introduction, to over over 30 countries around the world and in you know, literally hundreds of locations now um, is what we call Kingdom Builders. And Kingdom Builders is what has financed that. And um, I tell people, if you know anything about... Church finances, your normal weekly tithes and offerings is what's turning the lights on, it's what's paying the rent, it's what's hopefully paying your pastors and staff salary for the week to week running of the business of our the business of church. But um, it's the over and above monies that will help you buy land, buy buildings, open new campuses across your city, across your state, across your country, across the world. And um, And that's what uh, Kingdom Builders is and uh, that has been the catalyst that has taken Hillsong to be a global church that it is today. It's as simple as that
4: hearing
2: something of your own story those early years because I mentioned that you were a high school dropout that Mm. you were a tradie and you're the probably what some might consider the least likely to be getting involved in the sort of things that you've done and the growth of the Hillsong movement around the world take us back to those early days
3: yeah a big story Neil um I mean um I was brought up a pastor's son, uh, who was also the son of a pastor, which is probably the real reason why I'm not a pastor. And um, and unfortunately, you know, I was brought up in the 60s and early and 70s there, where um, Jesus was coming next week anyway. You know, so there was never we were never thought to look to the future, and um, I didn't like school much, and um, I grew up on the south coast, of Wollongong, and I was a I was a surfer from age 11, and I'm still a surfer today, i glad to say. And I used to surf a lot. I used to surf before school, after school, during school. And, um, you know, I eventually uh, came to an agreement with school, and I left. And I had very little thought for the future and at all, and I literally went to a careers night because I knew I had to get a job at 15. And, and I went around to the night and found out which was the uh, which paid the most, and it was a plumber, and I said, I'll do that. And, um, and so that was about as much thought went into in my career. But when I was about 16 only a year later, I met my now wife, my wife's a Kiwi. You love the Kiwis. And, um, she had come from a very different background from a, from a business background. And the first question she ever asked me was, Andrew, what's your five year plan? And, uh, I had no idea what she was talking about. You know, I couldn't think further than Saturday, you know, I could go for a surfer longer and, and, um, I had a lot of things to change in my life and um, cut a long, really long story short, by age 18, I bought my first house in Sydney and by 20, I was married, 21, I was a father, 26, we had all three of our kids and I was very quickly on the grind. By now, it's the mid-80s and um, if you if your listeners remember, I was paying up 18% mortgages then, <laughs> very different to the yeah. percentage there is today, 18% and it was... uh I was a single wage earner, obviously, because my wife was having babies, and um, life was very tough. Life was very tough, and I was working a full time job and two other businesses, and I was working from six thirty in the morning till ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night, and I was doing that six days a week. And I was, my life was completely out of balance, you now. Completely, you know. I mean, at this point in time, we we joined Hillsong Church, and you know, I was saved. I was, I was, I was going to church. I went to church every Sunday. You know, and my my hands are up in praise and worship, you know, who doesn't love Hillsong's music, you know, for that 15 minutes, (laughs) fully surrendered to God for 15 minutes. But the rest of the week, I did things my way. And, um, you know, I was so out of balance. And I remember coming home one day from work and uh, just to put some fuel in my body before I went back out to work again. And my wife made a statement to me at the time, which I thought was ridiculous. She says, Andrew, do you realize that I'm a single mother with three kids? And I I wasn't glad to hear that, and I said, it's not the case, you know, you're married to me, of course, that's not. She said, doesn't change the fact I'm a single mother with three kids, and, you know, obviously was not happy to hear that, and I said, well, I'm doing this for the family. She says, family, Andrew, do you realize we haven't had a holiday in over eight years? And, um, you know, I really wasn't happy to hear that, and I remember I actually uh, just walked out of the house, closed the door, got in my truck and drove down the road, and, bit angry but I got about two three k's down the road then I don't mind admitting I pulled over and I cried like a baby but Andrew what are you doing I've got a beautiful wife three great kids and I'm throwing it all away the problem was that I knew I knew that my life was out of balance I knew that I was working on Andrew's purpose not on God's purpose and so I knew I had to find had to find my purpose and um you know I um I remember clearly um, talking, you know, praying, praying to God, saying, God, you know, I remember your Bible says in Matthew 7, ask, seek, and knock. And um, I asked and seek and knock like I'd never done before in my life. And, you know, I did that for three weeks. I, t- I said to people, you know, if you've never actually been down physically on your knees crying ugly tears to God, you haven't probably asked hard enough yet. And I asked real hard for three weeks, three lousy weeks at age 31. And God answered me on that last weekend. Now, to give you an understanding, where Hillsong Church is at the same point, we're 14 years of church, I think, at that point,
4: point. and
3: here we are. I think we were we were the largest church in Australia even then, 14 years ago. I mean, sorry, at that point, 14 years, which is 25 years ago, but we didn't own a building. And Brian was getting quite frustrated, you know, obviously about that, and he's praying prayers like this to God: Hey, God, how about you send us a multi-millionaires to help us buy a building? and God shot back at him quite quickly and said no you raised them up and he's like how do I know what I know about raising up millionaires?" And um, but you know God gave him a word now that weekend happened to coincide with my final weekend of my three weeks and Brian spoke a message and he spoke a message based on the centurion who comes to Jesus and asks him to heal his servant remember that story it's a pretty famous story and And Jesus is like, sure, let's go heal your servant. And the centurion's like, whoa, hold on, hold on. First of all, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. But second of all, Jesus, you don't need to. You just say the word and my servant will be healed. And if you recall, Jesus was amazed at the man's faith. But the centurion didn't see it as faith. He just saw it as authority. He said, I'm a man under authority, but I'm a man of authority. I can say to this guy, come, he comes, this guy go he goes, aren't you the same, Jesus? Just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Pastor Brian's looking at that, and he said, "Guys, you know, like as your senior pastor, I've worked out what I'm looking for. I'm just looking for a group of people who who will do whatever is required, not as robots, but as willing participants for the cause of Christ." Now, my my heart was beating like you wouldn't believe out of my chest at that point. And the next thing that he said, and he said, "And, and this and this group of people, this group of people this is 25 years ago." He says, "You know." I'm, we want to we want to raise a million dollars over and above normal ties and offerings. Now I I could do I could do math and I thought, wow, that's um, that's going to be a real struggle. But I remember walking up to Brian straight after the message. I shoved my hand out and I said, I'm in. And uh, I'm sure he looked at me and as I said, my life was a mess at that time and thought, oh, that's nice, Andrew, you know. But God had arrested my heart that day. And I literally got a few men around him, and we prayed for him that day. And that's how Kingdom Builders started 25 years ago for the Hillsong Church. And from that point, uh, it literally has been the game changer that has taken our church global. I know for my wife and I, um, it, it absolutely has changed our lives. And what it, what it really came down to, and I say this, I talk about it in my book, Kingdom Builders have always, it's always talked about being equal sacrifice, not equal giving. Um, it's never been about the money. If you think the Bible is about the money, you haven't heard properly yet. You know, it's about a group of people who've just decided to go all in for God. I have to put it that way. They've just decided, I'm going to fully trust God. See, I'd, I'd heard every promise there ever was in the Bible. And now I've, you know, I've been a pastor, son. I'd heard them all. I just didn't believe them for me. I could believe him for the professional Christian, the pastor, but not for Andrew. And I had to come to this point in my life where I had to actually trust God, absolutely trust God, and take a face step. And and you know um, that year I changed a whole lot of things in my businesses. I, I quit one of them and I worked a third less. And then it, when it came to that that offering time that year later, we had a five thousand dollar check in our hand. I can tell you it was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life because. We'd never given sacrificially. I always I thought I was a generous man because I'd been a tither all my life, but tithing's not giving. Tithing's just bringing back to God what's already His, you know? And so here I was giving this $5,000 check, and it was so scary, but it was so exciting at the same point. And, and I remember, you know, doing it and saying, wow, that was amazing what we've seen God do in our lives the last 12 months. Yeah, I've worked actually a third less, changed a whole lot of stuff, spent time with the family. And yet we were able to, able to give this money. And I remember saying to my wife, "You ready to do it again?" And and um, she was like, "Absolutely!" And you know, twelve months later, we wrote a check for fifteen thousand. You know, a couple of years after that, we wrote a check for eighty thousand. A couple of years after that, we wrote a check for two hundred and forty thousand. You know, now I'm starting to really think, you know what? This trusting God stuff works. <laughs> so you can't tell me, Neil, that it doesn't work. And you know, like in eight years from the first, from the very first time we gave five thousand dollars, scariest thing I've ever done in my life. Only eight years later, with my with my brother and our business, we wrote a million-dollar check. And I can tell you now it was exactly the same faith as to give the $5,000. we would just grown in, in our time, you know. And so it's um it's been amazing. It's literally turned me around. But the key to it is this, and I say this all along, it's part of the, the, my subtitle in my book, about turning vision into reality. The, the key to it here was that my pastor had a massive vision had a massive vision to see lives change and and lives turn around for for Jesus all over the world. And I know today that, you know, where I am financially today is because of the vision of my pastor and, um, and me believing in that and stepping up.
1: Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events.
2: And you can respond at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. The question we're asking today, what ways do you think we Christians need to change to get serious about the kingdom of God? Our talkback line open also on 1-800-316-316. We're talking about what it is to be all in as a follower of Christ, including the way our money is used for a kingdom purpose. Our special guest is Andrew Denton. He's a member of the Hillsong Church Global Eldership, and you know that there's runs on the board when it comes to vision being fulfilled. We're taking calls. Let's take a call from Ross in Bowen, in Queensland. Hi, Ross. Welcome along. Hey, Good day. How are you? Good, Ross. What are your thoughts for our conversation?
5: Oh, look, I think it's very interesting, and uh, that uh, that man uh, had some relevance. To my thoughts about how I was I'm now 70 And uh, my bedding last night Was on the streets of Bowen Now where is the kingdom of God While I have to sleep on the streets And what is the kingdom of God Is it all of us Will have our own place of residence And how will that be Just because of money
2: When you think of the evil within the human structure. Ross, just uh, clarify here: you are you homeless? Are you a homeless man? And you are on the streets of Bowen. What are, what are your what's your status? Well, I bu- well I, a quick one.
5: I bought my first house here for twenty thousand dollars forty years ago. I'm doing a bucket list for the uh, people out there, and it couldn't be a better day. I'm going to have a shower under a tap. And I've got some nice clothes that I washed and they're hanging on trees, not on the clothesline. And we're all talking about the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God, mate? Is it making everyone perfectly happy or some of us?
2: Well, there's some responses here, but let's get a, a thought or two from Andrew. Andrew, what are your thoughts for Ross?
3: Oh, look, Ross, that's a, a very complex question, obviously, Um Everybody has a situation, and I'm. You know, it's too long a thing to work out why why you are homeless today and what the situation behind that. But I know that for myself, I just had to make a conscious, deliberate decision to trust God. And I, I believe that um, that God wants to see us blessed above and beyond. We can ask, think, imagine, but with the purpose behind it, not for ourselves. It's not about us. This is about us getting the, the, the kingdom vision, the kingdom you know message to the people, to the people. I believe that as long as we put God first in our lives, you know, Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And, you know, what does all cover? All covers everything. So it does cover people's housing. It does cover all those things. But as long as we decide to put, God first, and that's the absolute
2: key there. And Ross, if we're just talking very quick, and there is a deep definition we might be able to bring, but just in a nutshell, when we're talking about the kingdom of God, we're talking about a power and uh, you might even say political construct where you've got a king who is ruler. Sometimes we'll say, where the king is, that's where the kingdom is. And so if we have the king within, wherever we are, we are carriers of the kingdom of God. So when we talk about a kingdom purpose, it's the purpose that Christ has for his kingdom that is outworked through His people who are carriers of His very presence. But Ross, thank you so much for your call 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation Let's take another call. Nita is in Rudy Hill in Sydney Hi Nita, welcome.
6: Hi, I'm just um, um,
3: just want to say um, that um, for the kingdom of God is when you hear the Word of God and um, it's like a sheet, you know, like you spread it out, you um, spread the
0: Word out. of um, If you had the Kingdom of God in you, you spread the Word out and then um, the people will all receive Jesus in their life, then they have the Kingdom of God in them and then that's when it starts you know that they spread
3: it out further and further. Uh, is that okay?
2: Yeah, fabulous Nita. A response from Andrew. Oh look,
3: I think you know we are we are God's agents on earth and so they say right of people get to see the kingdom of God through who we are and I think there's a responsibility as Christians to show people not just tell them but show people there's a better way to live
2: definitely. Nita, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let's bring it back to uh, the idea of building the kingdom and the fact that it takes people who are kingdom warriors in that sense, people who have the king within and having a kingdom purpose and that is going to take money. I mean, sometimes we talk about the kingdom, the idea that You know, the dollar is the oil that greases the wheels of the gospel. When the gospel goes forth, the kingdom is planted. Andrew, uh, thoughts here, so far as uh, people are obviously interested in what the kingdom is, what the kingdom does, bringing the king into a mission context. This is something that's gripped your heart.
3: Yes. Well, look, you know, um, (laughs) everything has a cost attached to it. So, you know, if it's about opening up, you know, uh, let's just say you know we wanted to open new a new church, new campus, you know, in another country. Well, the, there's a there's a huge cost involved in you know getting people to move there, to live there, to, you know, to rent facilities, to do you know all this, none of that's cheap. It all costs money, and so whether it's you know starting a new campus the other side of the world or just across your city, there's there's costs involved and um, someone has to bear that. Now, I don't think it's the pastor's responsibility. He's the one who has to come to have the vision, but I believe that it's up to us to provide the provision for that vision. And so, you know, um, we can't all be pastors, it's great, but there's those of us who definitely have uh, have a real gifting and the ability to earn money with the purpose of kingdom behind it I believe that as a byproduct of putting God first, that my wife and I and my family, that we live blessed and God's happy for us to live blessed as long as our purpose is always our kingdom.
2: Before we take another call, just quickly here, lots of controversy around the church and money, almost as a deflection from the reality that some are called to give and you yourself call yourself a, a gifted giver. Uh, your thoughts here on... Everywhere you go, no doubt, uh, people are coming up with all sorts of things about the controversial nature of church and money.
3: Look, um, Neil, the devil's done a great job of creating uh, controversy and confusion around finance in the kingdom. Because he knows, he knows the truth better than most Christians, and he knows that if Christians actually understood you know, the, 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 what God wants for people, that his job would be almost finished. Um, you know, I said earlier that Kingdom Build is this small group of people, and it's a small group of people. It's, it represents less than 1% of our congregation at Hillsong has taken us globally around the world. And so, you know, I'm I'm just trying to encourage people that they self people self-identify when they decide, I'm going to go all in for God, I'm going to trust Him fully, And, um, you know, it's amazing then what what happens when they fully decide to trust God, what God can do with their lives. And a lot of us, I think, and I certainly was this, you know, um, we're 75% Christians. As before, we know, we're saved, we're going to to heaven, but we're not living that all in life. And, um, you know, Matthew 6.33 says, seek me first, not second, not third, first. And when you do properly put him first, watch what happens in your life.
2: Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. one eight hundred 316 Let's take another call or two. Val is in Mackay in Queensland. Hello, Val. Welcome along.
6: Hi. Uh, this is a very important subject, and it's one that we really need to understand, I believe. Um, the kingdom is the rule of God and it's what we had at the beginning and it's what we lost at the fall. And the rest of the Bible is about uh, reclaiming the earth for the kingdom. And what's happening today in, in the world is, is a battle for the earth uh, between, between the powers of darkness and, and the people of God. You know, the commission was Val, let me just ask you, Val. Reclaim the earth for the kingdom.
2: Yes, reclaiming the Mm -hmm. the earth for the kingdom. And here we've Uh got this controversial discussion about money in all of that. What are your thoughts Mm -hmm. here? I know you've been a long-time Bible teacher, haven't you? So uh, your thoughts here on money and reclaiming the kingdom?
6: Well, money's a big part of it, Uh, but... uh, it's part of the whole, you know. It's to do with our lives and what we give our lives to, which includes what we give our money to. If we have the vision for reclaiming the earth for the kingdom, then uh, and and we know that God has given us the earth. The Bible says um, that the descendants, the spiritual descendants of Abraham, were given the earth. It's our promised land, the kingdom of God on earth is our promised land. And uh, if we have the vision that, that the earth is ours legally and uh, we can reclaim it and God is working with us, uh, nothing is more important.
2: Val, you're making money. some fabulous points here. A response here from Andrew. Andrew, your thoughts for Val? Uh,
3: look, you know, all I'm, all I'm interested in here is <coughs> seeing more people Uh, make a decision for jesus more more people um wanting to put god first in every area of their life and and all i know is that it's going to cost money to get that message out and whether it's because we're building buildings to facilitate that or whether it's just to because we're going to open new churches around the place um it's all about building the kingdom of god here on earth and um you know whether it's literally, you know that, that God wants us to to, to own the earth. Um, I believe that it's very important for us to ha- own. Earth. I really do have a stake in the ground. is very important. I know the devil hates it when when churches try and buy buildings and and own property and become the head and not the tail. And so. Um well I think we're in agreement there.
2: Val, thank you so much for your call. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen to join in our conversation. Let's take some more calls. Helen is in Sydney. Hello, Helen. Welcome.
3: Yeah, hi. How are you going?
2: Good, Helen. What are your thoughts?
3: Um, I'm just uh, my heart goes out to um the man you were talking to earlier, um the seventy old um homeless. Um I'm just wondering with, I agree with him, with Building the Kingdom, I just think, well uh, isn't it all about helping those on the street and the mental mental health? I mean, it's good to build churches and things, but how about we concentrate too on people like him? Um, my heart really goes out to him because I've nearly been homeless myself and um, I just think that people talk about money and the church and everything else, but what is the church, you know?
2: Helen, I think you make a great I
3: can, point. I can answer that there for you, Helen. I, I'm, I agree with you. I believe that we need to be doing those things but we can only do those things from a position of strength. You know, we can only be as generous as we are strong. And so I think, you know, um, <laughs> that Jesus himself said, you know, the poor will always be with us. Um, but what we're trying here to do is get people saved, make a salvation call, get a decision. And, and what we so that's the main purpose behind kingdom. Second, yes. Hundred percent. We should be building in our community, and I know, for instance, at, at Hillsong, our community arm um, is enormous because my son runs it for Australia. I know that. And so, you know, what we do, you know, behind the scenes, the things that people never see is is incredible. And I think there's a there is a real need for that, but that comes from from a position of strength. When it, when the church is strong, was well, then poised to be a, a greater blessing. And I think. Uh, it's the same for us personally. When we are strong you know, in, in our, whether it's our finances or even our health, we're actually positioned to be able to be a greater blessing to other people. And so, um, I'm in agreement with you there. Yeah.
2: Helen, thank you so much for your call and what I'm hearing is it's not one or the other because people like to take sides in this, but it is yeah, both. Definitely. And there'll be more dimensions than just those two dimensions too. Hey, taking calls one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Fraser who's calling in from the Torres Strait. Hello, Fraser, welcome along.
4: Hey, good morning, Neil. Andrew, good morning, mate i it's it's just a- just a blessing mate, just to to hear what you're saying, and look one of the things I found re- i'm an other in my Christian life is the frustration to see how the world's going ahead how they're really strategic you know in the business part of the world, and our churches don't work together, our businesses within church don't work together how we don't use this this point in time to actually actually get young people into entrepreneurship where i'm watching the in the private sector in the world they're talking about this stuff and for their own personal gain whereas the church i'm thinking what an opportunity to get the body of christ to actually dream and believe where we can go and impact because i often say to people and i hear what you say really now that without unfortunate truth about the world we live in it takes money to make everything goes around fraser
2: good thoughts there let's get a response from andrew yeah, look, I agree totally,
3: Fraser, and um, I know that, that I personally put a lot of effort into a lot of young men and women who um, who understand that this is who they are. And I I believe that as Christians, we should be the most blessed uh, business people out there as well. You know, why not? You know, um, our purpose is kingdom, you know, and um, so why should uh, all the multimillionaires be about? Uh, their own self and um, and so I think it's really important that especially you know the next generation coming through grasp hold of um, this understanding that God wants to see them blessed to be a blessing it's not about them they will live well but it's not about them it's about having an understanding of who we are and what we're doing this for and so um, I'm right behind you Fraser very totally
2: Fraser, thank you so much for your call, 1-800-316-316. Let's take as many calls as we can here. Graham is in Burnie in Tasmania. Hello, Graham. Welcome along. Graham, you might need to turn your radio down in the background. Graham is in Burnie. Hello. Graham, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are
5: (laughs) the kingdom of God is yet to come. Uh, this world belongs to Satan. The reality is that our struggles prove that, and that the kingdom of God, when it does come, will be fantastic. It will be the meaning of the earth. But at this time, we are struggling against Satan, and of course, we all need to turn to God, and we all need to search out the Bible to seek salvation, but not everybody's doing that. The other thing needs to be preached, there is going to be a great deception on the face of the earth. So we really... We have to get closer to God now
2: because time is running out. Graham, we got this idea—the the battle that's going on—but uh, you know, I have to reflect on the words of John the Baptist, uh, who came preaching the kingdom, and then the King arrives. It's Jesus incarnate, in as a human, as uh, the God-Man here on Earth. The kingdom is already here, and I guess what we're seeing is the expansion of that kingdom. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts for Graham? Look, it's, it's
3: 100% a spiritual battle. I believe that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And so, you know, um, I can tell you now the devil hates what I do, and he, he attacks me a lot because, you know, the more people that we can come to a greater understanding, you know, of their, of their salvation, the, the, the stronger, as we as Christians across the world are going to have a greater influence. Yeah, you know, the devil has done a great job of uh, of deceiving and um, so many people around the world, and it's up to us to shine the light of Christ onto onto those onto that people, especially this next generation, and turn them for turn them to to Jesus, and um, and let's expand the kingdom of God.
2: Graham, thank you so much for your call. Let's take one more. Tyrone is in Victoria. Hi, Tyrone. Hi. Welcome.
0: Hi, how are you going?
2: Good, Tyrone. What are your thoughts for our conversation?
0: Um, So, well, actually, it's probably just more a word of encouragement more than anything else. Um, I I decided many years ago, um, and it's probably a little bit uh, controversial. uh, Well, not controversial. um, You know, I question, you know, the Old Testament, the New Testament in terms of tithing. Um, but many years ago I made a commitment to really uh, commit my tithes to God um, and uh, uh, you know ever since I've done that, um, and you know Andrew's talking about committing your whole life and I think finances are such a big part of your life. Um, and the minute I made that commitment to really go out my way to tithe, then I started off with a very a very small amount and now, you know, I've I've reached a point in my life where I'm tithing uh, regularly, and I just think that's just the God's God's blessing upon my life. Uh, just knowing my heart, uh, knowing that I'm committed, um, and I'm not saying that I'm doing this in order to receive it. I just I just believe. I, I, I agree with Andrew that the minute you commit your life to God, He just He just opens up doors for you.
2: Tyrone, good thoughts. Andrew, your thoughts for Tyrone?
3: Yeah, Tyrone, that's that's awesome testimony, mate. Actually. You know, in Malachi 3, when, uh, the Bible says, test me in this. It's the only thing in the entire Bible that God says we can test him on is, is try him on this. And uh, all, all I know is that I've tested God on it, You know, many, many times over the years. And, um, you know, you, you you can't take God at his word and uh, ex- expect a different result. And all I know is that the last 25 years now I've been a kingdom builder, uh, you can't tell me that we don't serve a trustworthy God. I know we do. I've seen him, seen him change my life dramatically, and I've seen the impact in many thousands of other people's lives. and And so yours is is just another one of those testimonies that you you took a faith step, you took a faith step, and you started to tithe, and uh, you know God has continued to bless you. and I and I know that that's I know like I know like I know that that's the case for everybody when they take that decision to trust God.
2: Tyrone, thank you so much for your call. Look, we do have some time to squeeze in another one as well. Let's talk with Cameron in Glen Waverley in Victoria. Hi, Cameron. Welcome. G'day. How are you? Good, Cameron. What are your thoughts?
6: Um, Just on the business side of things, I guess it's a bit of an Old Testament, New Testament sort of thing. So we were called to use our gifts, and I've got a decade of retail under my belt. And so when you use, like, I find, it, I find it always good to pray into what I work with. And I've, in fact, been able to give away a couple of Gideon's Bibles to work colleagues of mine. So, like, if you look at the New Testament, you've got, oh, who was it? The leather worker who Paul spoke to. Um, in New Testament, I think it was like Acts 15.
2: Right it's uh, anyway. like that leaning into people as we work our way through, okay, uh, Andrew, a thought or two for Cameron?
3: Oh, look, as I said before, I think that all Christians have a responsibility to show people not just tell them about God but show them, and whether it's in their work environment, in their neighborhood, you know amongst their family, friends, whatever i I believe that you know we have to be Living a life that is such an example that people say, "I want what they've got," and all I know is that um, that's that's part of living that all-in life for God. That when we live that all-in life, see, I believe as kingdom builders, we should have the best marriages. I believe mean, as kingdom builders, we have the greatest relationship with our kids. I believe as kingdom builders, we should be fit and healthy. <laughs> I also believe that we should be we should be blessed financially, and so you know, I I think that you know. <laughs> God's word is very clear in that in that time there, and I just think that um, when people actually take the step and actually take that first step and trust God, wow, it's amazing what happens.
2: Cameron, thank you so much for your call. We will put a line under calls now, but let's come back to what we've been talking about here. Uh, in some sense here, Andrew, the planets have to align uh, for this to happen because you said uh, there's an encounter that you have with God when you are the person who sits uh, in the pew in your local church and you recognize that you perhaps have a gift of being a giver. But if the pastor of the church hasn't got a vision that is well uh, explained to the congregation and uh, they somehow or other haven't got a big enough vision to release those people, then there's a challenge there. There's another dimension, though. I just want to pick on uh, for you for a few moments here. The idea that integrity in the church that we're giving our money into, uh, that for some people is a blockage. Somehow some people don't trust the church. What are your thoughts here around the church and finances and the need for that integrity?
3: Yeah, look, I think that's a a great question neil all i know is this god's asked me to give he didn't ask me to give with strings attached and all i know is that uh, when we give to to our local church the responsibility to be good stewards of that is on the pastor and his board and the management there they're the ones who have to answer to god for it (laughs) and so all i know over the years um i've talked about um that I, I'm an unoffendable. And what does unoffendable mean? It doesn't mean I won't have opportunity to get offended. But, I mean, do you think in 30 years of being part of Hillsong Church, right, there's been something that hasn't offended me? Of course not, okay? But I'm still here. Why? It's about the fruit. And so my question to you is, is your church bearing fruit? Are there people getting saved? Are lives being turned around? Are they, and, and, and if they're not, well, maybe, maybe what they're doing there isn't right. And so all I know is that's why it's so important that the pastor has the vision. I and mean, the pastor grasps this and has a large vision for what they want to do in their local community and further across the globe. Um, I believe then that you can give um, without with, with peace in your heart, that God's behind that, that they're going to do things directed by the Holy Spirit. They're going to be integrous and um you know, so, you know, I, I just think that all those things are very important. I know at Hillsong, you know, we have independent auditors who come in and audit everything. And so, I, and our books are open to people always, members of the church. And so, I, I think that's great that the pastors should be transparent enough to be able to, to, be able to give people confidence that what they're giving to. is going to be fantastic.
2: And if you get all of those planets aligning, to use that analogy, you're in for a journey where everyone works together and you've got this all-in attitude and it's not coming from one person who's feeling resistance from another. It's not coming from the pastor who's feeling resistance from the people. It's all in together. So when you talk about all-in, we're talking about a... A, a group uh, methodology here, a group uh, aspiration to see the kingdom expand. And if you've got that group attitude together, then good things are likely to happen.
3: Yeah, look, I think, you know, it's about everybody individually doing their part, but when the individuals come together behind behind a common cause, well, they can do so much, so much more. You know, um, what one person's money can do there's nothing compared to what a thousand people's money can do. You know, when they when they believe um, believe in the cause behind it, and so you know, I think it's 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 important that uh, it's an individual decision. People people self-identify uh, to be to be you know king the builders and to trust God in that step. But it's it's amazing what happens when that group of people come together corporately, so to speak, and they can make such a massive difference across the globe. You know, so it's. Uh, It's a cool thing.
2: No doubt there'll be some listening to our conversation today, Andrew, saying, how can I get some more on these principles that have to be in place uh, in order for my own local church to grow? And there are people listening to us all over Australia, whether you're in big cities, uh, regional communities, even small country towns who are thinking about how their church can grow. Now, let me come back to your book here for a few moments. You're sharing your own story, and you're sharing these principles with people who want to apply them into their own local church context. Your book is called Kingdom Builders, How to Live an All-In Life that Turns Vision into Reality. You've also got a launch pack and study guide that is going to go along with the book. What happens when you get a hold of that study guide?
3: I believe that um, you know this, this launch pack and study guide is for senior pastors, firstly, who... Um, you know, more than likely, have read my book and said, "Yes, look, this is what we want to do in our church." And I've I've got five videos in it, and it's got a workbook scenario with it, so that'll help a pastor and his key leadership team to launch this to their congregation. As I said before, people will self-identify then and move forward with it. And um, like as I've been doing this for a long time now, Neil, and um, COVID has <laughs> has made it. In a way that I now can't travel around the world to different churches to help them launch, but they still can get me, but just on videos in video format now. And um, I, I just know like I know that it's going to have a great impact across uh, churches everywhere. The books in se- in seven translations now around the world, and it'll be this launch pack will be translated as well. And so um, I can encourage pastors listening to us today. First and foremost, get the book, read the book. It's an easy book to read. It's written by a high school dropout. (laughs) It's not hard to read. And then this launch pack, I'm hoping it'll be uh, ready in probably end of August, early September.
2: Well, there's some inspiration there for listeners. A book that's been written by a high school dropout, it's not going to be hard to read. It's called Kingdom Builders, How to Live an All-In Life that Turns Vision into Reality. You're also able to access that launch pack and study guide, primarily for pastors. But no doubt there'll be lots of people might want to get a hold of that because they can see the the possibilities, they can see the opportunities in their own community, uh, in nearby towns that don't have a church like theirs, and uh, the idea of planting churches, of doing mission whether it's local or international Uh, getting a hold of this book Kingdom Builders, now there you can get it on all of the online platforms, no matter where you're listening today you can simply search for Kingdom Builders, and Andrew Denton is the author, you can also go to the Kingdom Builders book Website the kingdombuildersbook.com KingdomBuildersBook.com. As Andrew says, it's already in seven languages. So even for those uh, multilingual churches here in Australia, you might find one that's in your mother tongue. KingdomBuildersBook.com. Uh, just great getting your insights today. Andrew, time has run out, but I do want to thank you very much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with our listeners today on 2020.
3: Uh, thank you very much, Neil. I, I hope it's been uh, an inspiration and uh, and a blessing to people, and I hope they take that step, take that step and read the book and, and I believe it can cha- help change people's lives and, and their concept of uh, finances for the kingdom.
0: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.